let's, who remembers what we've been talking about? We've come in talking about the topic of happy. Happy, joy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who remembers what last week's more topic of the lesson was? I know I was upstairs because Danielle Leach, one of your fellow high schoolers, taught. Fantastic. Thank you, Danielle. So, Danielle, you can't answer what the topic was. Um, what was what was the more specific topic that McNutt, I believe, talked about? <gasps> you weren't here? And... Mm-hmm. I can tell. But that was, an, I, I liked your, your effort to try to come up with the answer. All right, so shh, time, to, time to think a little bit, time to listen. So the topic is happy and joy. It's the overall series topic. But obviously there's going to be things in life that are going to make you not happy and not joyful. So through the series, we're talking about some of those things. And last week we were talking about humility and being humble and how being humble can help lead to joy. And then the week before that, I taught. And does anyone remember what I taught on? Which is totally fine. Yeah, happiness. And kind of, it was the first week of the series, so it was kind of how the, our different situations and circumstances can make us very unhappy and what to do. So this week, it's a little bit interesting. I have, I'm not gonna lie to you, it was a little hard to write this lesson because it just seems like such a cliche. The more specific topic is choosing mercy to bring joy, which is a little weird. So you might be thinking, how can I choose joy in my circumstance? How can I choose joy in school when I hate school? How can I choose joy in my family when I don't like my family? They're annoying. How can I choose joy in conflict and in frustration and just in the boring everyday tasks of life? So. Something to remember is that choosing joy, you need to choose it when you're not always happy. And the really big question is how? That does not make sense. So we know, like we've talked about before, we cannot always control what happens around us or our emotions to that. But the point is that we can choose joy. And there's different things in life that are going to happen that are going to, you're going to have a choice. How many of you made some choices this morning? Some of you chose to woke up on time or not on time. Some of you chose what you're going to have for breakfast. Some of you chose what you're going to wear. Some of you chose who you're going to sit with. Those are all small choices. Yeah, some of you really had a very strong opinion with who you're going to sit with. So we all have choices, and life is going to happen. So we have to choose how we respond to the life that's going to happen. <laughs> so again, like I said, it was kind of hard to write it because it's just... So, such a cliche. It seems just so superficial. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to choose joy in life, but how? So, we're going to look at a few different ways that you can respond to life. So, apathy is the first one. Apathy is you just kind of tune it out. It's your lack of interest or concern. Does anyone have any, like, know anything else about apathy? What? It's the opposite of empathy. That's very good. What is empathy? What's empathy? Empathy is relating with someone? 
you feel, you feel what they feel. So this is the opposite. So apathy is like, I see you're hurting and I see your problem and I see your pain. I don't feel anything. It's kind of the numbness of your emotions, which is not necessarily a good thing. So just kind of think about like what things you end, like you find yourself tuning out. So one of the verses is Matthew 24, 11 through 13. It says, because of the increased wickedness, the love must, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. In a different translation, it says, in the confusion, confusion, lying preachers will come forward and deceive a lot of people. For many others, the overwhelming spread of evil will do them in. Nothing left of their love but a mound of ashes. So apathy is just kind of, you turn off your feelings. You turn off your emotions. You see you, the people around you are going through something and you just choose to not care. Which... Sometimes that's all you can even, you can't, it's too much for you to handle dealing with that and being there for them. But we're going to get to that. Another way that you can kind of respond in certain situations is indifference, which indifference is kind of like you're turning away. It's again, a lack of interest or concern. You just don't really have any sympathy for it. Anyone else know any, like, want to explain what indifference is? Yeah? Yeah, noticing and just kind of choosing not, you choose not to care, real, and to be honest. So the antonyms of indifference are to be aware, to be concerned, and to be warm-hearted. So in Proverbs 18.1, it says, One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdom. So it's just kind of saying, like, people are too complicated to be friends with, so you're just not going to even try, because... It's too much work. They're too hard. They're too complicated. They have too many emotions. People are complicated. So you're just gonna, you're just not even gonna try. You're not gonna care about it. You see them? No. Too hard. Another verse is Romans 12 too. It says, don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you will always be able to determine what God really wants. What is good, pleasing, and perfect. So that's just kind of meaning like the world is just going to say, put you first. You come before everyone. You need to focus on yourself before everyone else. And to a very small point, yes, you do matter, but you shouldn't come before everyone. You should notice people and you should want to help them. Because what starts to happen when you're always putting yourself first, you start to become selfish and you start to see other people and just choose not to care about them. Because they're too complicated, and you are only really just want to focus on yourself, and that's all. And once you start focusing on yourself, it's even harder to bring other people into that. Um, and another way that we can respond is mercy. So what is mercy? It's you take action, you show compassion or forgiveness towards someone. What are other ways to describe mercy? Any idea, any, any, anything else? I was waiting. That took that took longer than I thought. Yeah, no, not mercy, foster. <laughs> yeah. 
like the biblical, biblical terms grace and mercy or like a, a person grace and mercy? You get mixed up. Oh, like the Bible. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's say someone, someone is really mean to you and they're really nasty. You're going to show mercy by forgiving them when they apologize or even when they don't apologize. Like, they don't really, they've done something terrible to you and you're going to show mercy and compassion on them. It's when you see people and you actually care about the person. So that's more of the direction that we should go as we live our lives and we come in contact with people and we have, you know, problems with people, issues, we have conflict. We don't, we can't always just turn away or turn off our feelings. Sometimes it's really hard, but we need to have mercy when we live. So here's a question. How has God shown us mercy? What real answers? How has God shown us mercy? Yeah? The what? Coming of Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross for us, so he forgives our sin. Typical Bible answers, but it's, it's what it is. That's how God has shown mercy on us, because we deserved a punishment, and he had mercy on us. So some synonyms for mercy are empathy, which Trevor pointed out earlier. So synonyms for mercy are empathy, grace, com and compassion. Those are like, you know when you look up synonyms, it has like the top ones that are like really direct, and then it kind of goes down the list to least direct. So the most direct ones are empathy, grace, and compassion. And I think that's very interesting, especially since you put it out that apathy and empathy are the opposites, right? Apathy is the, like, tuning out, the numbing of your feelings to someone else's. Ap empathy is you feel what they feel and you want to help, right? It's not just seeing and feeling and turning away. It's seeing, feeling, and taking action for that and helping them and trying to figure out and go with them through the pain, and grace and having grace on them and not always being so rude. You don't always have to be right. Like we talked about yesterday, or last week, humility. You don't always have to be right. And if you are right, you don't always have to rub it in. That's why we need to have mercy and grace. And then compassion for people. Some of the other um, synonyms that were a little less like it were kindness, love, and worship. Which I just think is kind of interesting that we need to have kindness, love. And worship is a synonym for mercy, which is how we as Christians should be living our life even when our situations aren't good. We should still have a heart of worship towards the Lord. And then, uh, what is another synonym for mercy? It's on your paper. Uh, what does that mean? So you care about people. <laughs> Good job. So Psalms 103.8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So we, we're supposed to care about people and we're supposed to help them and we're supposed to feel what they feel. But this leads us to a very good question. If you're constantly trying to help people and you're constantly 
feeling their feelings and their emotion, what's going to end up happening to you? You fall apart. What else? You're going to start feeling a lot of probably not good emotions for yourself. How? How? Why should we do that? Which is, I feel like a lot of us start like that. We start feeling all, everyone's emotions and we're very empathetic and we care and we're compassionate. And then over time, it just hurts too much. So you just start to numb the pain of others and you become more apathetic or indifferent. So how do we balance that? Having a good relationship with both of them. Like, don't be empathetic. Don't care about people. Apathetic. Don't not care. Don't, could you find a more confusing way? Yes, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ella, what did Stephen just say? What was? And and that we can't be the ones to save them. So it's good to listen to them and try to help them with their problems. But we need to know that we are not their savior. We are not responsible to fix all of their problems. It's not through us. It's not our power, right? Like, for example, I'm a small group leader. I'm the small group leader of a wonderful group of now junior girls since they were in sixth grade. Trust me, a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. Good, bad, ugly, all of it. If I just took on all of the, their emotions myself, I would be completely burnt out. I would not be able to do my job. I would not be able to be their friend and their leader. So I have to know that in me helping them, it's not my strength. It's God's. Which we hear and we know. But I feel like we're coming to the point where we really we're trying to care and we have a lot of emotions. But sometimes it's too much for us to handle. And we are finding it easier and easier to just tune it out and not feel. So our hearts should break for what breaks God's heart. If we want to be more like Christ, the things that bother him should bother us too. Like we should see someone hurting and we should want to help. We should care for them. And we have to remember that we cannot always control our circumstances or our emotions, but we can choose how, do we, how we respond and what we do from there. So James 4.17 says, so it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. That just kind of means like, oh, like I see, like I should probably go talk to this person. That's probably the right thing to do. That's probably what God would want me to do. Mm, but I'm not going to do it. I don't want to. I'm too tired. I don't feel like it. They don't deserve me to go talk to them. So even if you don't do anything bad, just the lack of your, the action that you know you should do is not good. So how does choosing mercy lead to joy? Which was the topic of the lesson, remember? So you might still be thinking, all right, still haven't like, answered the big question. So Luke 10, 27 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. So how does mercy lead to love and lead to joy and lead to being more like Christ? Because they're all connected. You can't really have one without the other. So we need to love God and love others, which goes back to, right, I remember saying, um, if you're always really empathetic and you're really caring about people and you notice them and you want to help them, you're going to start to get burned out if you're doing it on your own. And then you're not going to be the best version of yourself. And that's not going to be good. So we need to love God and then love others. Not necessarily love yourself, focus on yourself, like, and then I can help people. It's love God and love others. And in return, you will be a more fulfilled person. You're not going to feel drained. You're not going to feel as empty. And you're not going to feel as numb to the situations that are happening around you. But we have to remember this is not always going to come naturally. It seems like we talk about this a lot, but it's different because you have to feel it. You have to experience it. It sounds good, but when you've already started to feel numb and not care about people and not even care about yourself, how can this change? How can this jumpstart you into living differently? Because I can assume most of you will want to live a life of joy and happiness. And I'm sure a lot of you have tried many different ways to obtain that. And you're probably going to try many different ways to try to obtain that joy because it's a choice that you constantly choose. You're constantly going to have to choose this. You're not just going to wake up and live your day as a happy Christian. It's a choice. So you have to choose it in the midst of pain and doubt and confusion. And you have to know deep in your soul that God is still there and he still loves you and that he is still good. And trusting that God is still working in your circumstances, even if it doesn't make sense. And even if you don't understand. Because I'm sorry, you're not going to understand everything. And it might not make sense. But if you start to doubt that God's not there and you start to lose sight of this, your life's not going to get any better, okay? So we need to love God and then love others. So a few other verses are Romans 15, 13, which says, May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Another one is John 15, 11 through 12. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then the last verse is John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. All right, I need three volunteers to come up and just read those verses. They're different volunteers. Okay, so two volunteers are always volunteer for everything. Max, come here. Josh, come here. You, seriously, you're in ninth grade. How have you not learned that pointing to someone else does not work? Yeah, just sit. You can sit, stand, whatever. Lauren and Trevor, you guys are amazing. Danielle, you're amazing. Oh, oh, Sophia and Ella, both of you come here. Josh, come here too. We're... Yeah, get your paper. I need your paper. I'll tell you in a, one second. Yeah, we already read them, but in case you weren't listening. Thanks, Stephen. I know, and you're the only one that pointed it out. <laughs> you thought it, you just didn't say it. Yeah, you'll get the microphone. 
All right, Max, you're going to read. Flip your paper over. You're going to read the Romans. Ella, you're going to read the John, the first John. And Josh, you're going to read the last John. And then I'll tell you what to do. All right, listen. Romans 15, 13. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, John fifteen eleven to 12. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. Um, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Thank you. The three of you can go sit down. You're fine. Stay right here. Ellie, do you want to sit next to her? Okay. Josh, you can sit down. All right. So, there's a lot that we already know. You're okay, Sophia. Don't be stressed out. There's a lot that we know, but we have to make it different, right? Um, so, there's three questions on your paper. I'm not going to make you talk or answer them, but just think about them. I'm going to read them. What are ways you tune out or ignore issues or people? Just think about it personally. How does choosing mercy lead to joy? And why are we able to respond with mercy? So, just take a second to think about them. And then, Sophia, do you want to pray for us? All right. Go ahead. Dear God, thank you for this day. Help us all to have a great day or rest of the day. And that whoever comes to the um, uh, meeting for the missions trip, that we all just have like a good time, that we can all go. In Jesus' name, amen.